visit him at his, his new parish. And uh, you're kind of anxious, you know, how's he going to do preaching as a new priest? And it was this gospel today. And he got up in front of his congregation and, and he said, you know, he read this section that says, let your loins be girded and your lamps burning. And he said, people, the Lord's telling you to put on your tidy whities and grab your flashlights. <laughs> and we were like, total failure. <laughs> what does that mean? Today's gospel is all about being prepared. It's about vigilance. And it's so important for us as Christians. And that's what that line's about. It's about being ready. If Christ comes in the moment he comes, whether that was on his earthly, during his earthly life, maybe it's in our own life at the moment when we die, or for all of us when he returns in glory. So important. One of my favorite lines from St. Augustine, you've probably heard me say it before. St. <clears throat> Augustine says that, you know, the center of the Christian life is faith, hope, and love. Right? That's what it means to be a Christian. But Augustine says, actually, that all of us, every human being you ever meet, has those three things. Everyone believes something. Everyone hopes for something. And everyone loves something. Everyone. But Augustine says, show me what you believe in, what it is that you hope for, and what it is that you love, and I'll show you how Christian your heart really is. So everyone hopes for something, and today we're really going to narrow in on that theological virtue of hope, which is so important. It stands right at the center of our lives. Remember when you were a kid, or some of you might have read this book to your kids. There's, a, there's so many great children's books out there. I couldn't find it in my library today. I guess I don't have it anymore. But do you remember that book, uh, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie? This means yes. This means no. If you haven't read it, you haven't lived. Um, it's a great little book. And my mom used to read that to me when I was a kid. And I don't remember the whole way it plays out. But basically, the premise of the story is, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to ask for a glass of milk. And I can't remember anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but what it, the, what the premise is, is that if, that if you give him a glass of milk, he's going to ask for the next thing. He's going to want to take a nap. And if you let a mouse take a nap, then he's going to ask for, I don't know, a cup of coffee if he's me. There's always the next thing. And I think that's a little bit like our hopes as human beings. All of us have hopes. Everyone hopes for something. Everyone. Every person you meet. The person who lives next to you the people at your workplace, everyone has hope. What makes you and I different, brothers and sisters, is what we hope for. And if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to ask for a glass of milk. And the point is that all of our earthly hopes, they're not bad things. But once you get a hope, once it's realized when you get the promotion at work, when you grow in financial success, when people finally like, realize how amazing you are, that's my hope, 
right? Wow, Father Brian's so amazing. No. When that happens, there's always something new. And our hopes that we've realized, we get used to. And our hearts cannot help but hope for something more. And it begs a question. Is there a hope that's final? A hope beyond all other hopes. Something that is a final happiness. One that doesn't pass. One which, if we are ever admitted to this kind of hope, that we won't say, well, what's the next thing? And brothers and sisters, that's Christian hope. That's Christian hope. And it's absolutely one of the secrets to living a Christian life. And I'm probably the only one here, but, you know, most of my life I thought that being a Christian was I had to, like, work really hard at living a moral life, right? And I know I'm probably the only one who ever thought that, um, but just in case there's maybe one other person here, we'll talk a little bit about it. And I thought what I had to do was I just had to grind my teeth and kind of bear through things. And actually, sometimes you do have to do that. But it won't last Hope is the secret to a moral life. Because, brothers and sisters, when you don't have hope, what do you do? You settle. You ever notice that? If you hope, you wait. If you have a great hope in your life, you're willing to suffer in the present because you know it's real and it's going to come. But if you don't have hope, if you don't renew your heart, You might grind your teeth for a while and you might be really good at it. But eventually, you'll give up. So in our gospel tonight, not tonight, today, in our gospel today, in this kind of second half, and I know what you were thinking, like, oh my gosh, this is such a long gospel, right? You had a hard time just getting through the gospel. But there's a similar thing for the servants, It says, if the servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming. Our hope, my hope and your hope, is that Jesus Christ will come and make all things as they should be. I have smaller hopes. I hope that Lord's, right, is is the church in Denver. I hope that every person who comes through these doors encounters Jesus Christ, falls in love with him, and finds redemption. I also hope, you know, that, I don't know, my hair grows back, and I have six-pack abs, and um, all those things. Those are hopes. Those are real hopes I have. Seriously. (laughs) You don't think I can do it. (laughs) But Christian hope is that final hope. It says, Jesus, you're going to come back and make all things new. To redeem my soul, to redeem the world. And here's the trick. If you don't do that, if you don't renew your heart, if that's not real and present in your life in a way that motivates you, that gets you up in the morning, 
you will settle for smaller hopes. And so in our gospel this morning, the servant says, my master is delayed, right? He's not coming back. And so he settles. He begins to beat the men's servants and the maid servants, right? He hungers after power to eat and drink and to get drunk, pleasure. And he says, God, Christ says, that master of the servant will come on a day he does not expect. If we don't have the hope of Christ coming, we will have to fear the judgment of Christ coming. When a hope is alive in your heart, brothers and sisters, you'll hold out. Right? That's, I always joke, like, we have so many young adults here, and like, people, some of the older parishioners are a little uncomfortable with that, and they're like, Father Brian, you're celibate, there's a lot of beautiful young women. How are you doing with that? I'm like, well, it's pretty rough. Um, no, I, you hope in heaven. Right? That's how a priest can be celibate. It's how a husband or a wife can remain faithful in a marriage. It's how Christians suffer to live moral lives because they hope in something greater. And when that's real in your heart, when you know that's true and it's present to you, brothers and sisters, you can go through just about anything. And you'll do it joyfully. So the first thing is you and I have to have the right hope. Your hope is not success in your career. It's not a nice car. It's not success and fame. It's the redemption of the world. That's our hope. But once we have that right hope, we know that the right thing, there's two dangers. There's two great sins as Christians that we can have against hope. One's obvious, the other one's a little less obvious. The first one is despair. That's the first sin against hope. When we have real Christian knowledge of salvation, we can despair of it. And we can say, Lord, I know redemption's real, but it's not for me. My sin's too big. My falls are too grave. I don't have enough love in my heart. And that's a sin against hope. Right? The blood of Christ, if you're in that place, brothers and sisters, the redemption of Jesus on the cross is bigger than any of your sins. And you have to reject that lie. You have to understand that Christ is working for your redemption. And you have to trust that. The other side, though, and that's obvious, we kind of know that, Sometimes as Catholics, we struggle with that. But the other side is what we would call presumption. What is presumption? Presumption, some of you are like this. I don't really understand you people, but whatever. We have to have both types in the church. I'm not this way, so I don't struggle as much with this. But with presumption, what do we say? We say, oh, it's all good. It's in the bag. I know I'm going to heaven. Both of those are lies. Brothers and sisters, no one can know their redemption. The New Testament is clear about that. You and I, the only stance we can have as Christians is hope, which avoids both. It says, I know that I have confidence in Christ 
that he loves me, he died for me, and I'm walking on the path to redemption. But it also avoids the attitude that says I'm already there. If you're already there, today's gospel makes no sense. When Jesus tells us, watch, keep awake, be vigilant. If you're already going to heaven and you know that, there's no reason for you to be vigilant. We have to have that. So key. That was our second reading as well from Hebrews 11. The prophets and the patriarchs who hoped and so they waited, they held out. And so today, it's very simply, brothers and sisters, do you renew your hope? If you hope in the return of Christ and the redemption he brings in the kingdom of God, if you do that, you'll deny yourself. You won't place your happiness in passing things, in power, in pleasure, in prestige. You'll wait, and you'll do it joyfully. And so Jesus, today is so simply, Lord, Lord, renew our hope. Lord, give us that joyful realization that your redemption is real. Jesus, may we not hope in any earthly thing. Help us to avoid presumption and despair. Lord, renew our hearts, the joy we might have as we follow you. Lord, today, fill us with hope.